This is design school. Rebecca Stewart Johnson, thank you for coming on to our show today. You bet. Um, I thought we would get started by just kind of talking about where and how you got started. Um, as far as from design school on through career-wise or sure. where, where, do you, where would you most like to hear? Um, I think we can start with school unless you found design before you were in school. Um, I did find design before I was, I was in school, but I didn't realize you could make a career out of it. Uh, I grew up in an artistic family, so uh, marketing and design was always part of the family functioning with the business. But um, getting going to school, I thought I would major in business and business marketing, and then I ended up going abroad for a long time, <laughs> a semester, and then two J terms, and kind of settled on oh I should I should probably declare a major, and as I was. In Italy, JP had just been hired, and I thought I could skip a couple design classes and just ease my way back into getting a design degree, and he definitely reminded me that I could not do that through a very nice email that was very diplomatic, but it was had a bit of an anxiety attack. What did the email say? <laughs> it was just... Spill the beans. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> it was more, um, I'm sorry that you feel that... I, uh, did you say it was it was like Google's still got to have this it still does it was you know when I had an MSN account which doesn't exist anymore I don't think but it was just hey Mr. Professor Avila um I'm a junior and I'm awesome and I want to be a designer but I don't want to take you know that your two intro classes because I feel like I already know everything because I'm amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he he definitely wrote back and was like, um, actually, no. you I restructured the whole design department, and this is what you need to do. So, which was which was much more beneficial because I sounded like I had an ego that was ridiculous. <laughs> but I just wanted to stay with my friends who all, none of them did study abroad. So um, it worked out that I came back and then ended up, it was like boot camp for design because – before JP came, there was no computer, there was no Adobe, there was nothing. It was all hand-drawn everything. And then once he got here, that's when I learned everything that I needed to know to be able to get a job. Thank goodness. So from the moment I, I think I got back till the moment I graduated, and even until I got my first job that summer, I was JP's little sidekick doing every type of possible thing that I could learn how to do design, whether it was web or presentation or typography or I worked for on-campus organizations for a while and then finally got landed an interview at um, Pierce Transit and was able to get that job. And Pierce Transit for those that are not in the uh, Pierce County area. Yeah it's uh, the public transportation agency. So I worked there for five and a half years and did a bunch of freelance on the side because I never wanted to stop learning. I think that's one thing that is so critical. Every, there's always somebody coming up under you that's better, faster, more curious, has more knowledge, and can do it better than you. So that's always been navigational skill sets, I guess, uh, just to continue to learn, always be curious, and to keep up. So 
Pierce Transit offered a bunch of training that I could continue to learn and pursue classes in Seattle. And they sent me to Macworld, the last one that Steve Jobs was at. And I worked with an incredible team of designers there. And then we worked on some projects, JP and I. And I think, Chad, didn't you come in when you were first learning to be a designer? I, came, you, I, I believe yeah. I came and job shadowed you for a day. I think you did. <laughs> yeah. And looking back on it, now that I work, I understand how awkward that was for you. <laughs> it wasn't awkward because we had interned. So yeah, that's true. But the job, I, I was doing timetables for yeah. bus schedules. So that was... I just felt bad, like you were probably bored the whole time. <laughs> no, it was actually really interesting for me, but I remember you were just like, well, you can sit next to me, and here's some magazines you can look through if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, I like, <laughs> and I was just fascinated by watching you work, <laughs> which I guess was the whole point. So I guess, yeah. yeah. But it was not a stimulating day with the ver- of various amounts of projects. It was bus timetables and maps. But then, then you had me go sit with other people for a while too, oh, which was good. I don't remember you, you did that. Yeah, good. you passed me around for a while, and so I got to see a, a a gamut of what everybody did, which was also really good. Okay, yeah. good. Did did that experience influence you in, in any sh- way, shape, or form? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I remember it. It made everything real. It was uh-huh. just like, oh, like you like the things we're doing in class like people are doing this out in the real world you know and that was the first time i'd seen that firsthand i think so it really was good oh good yeah that's good and so from there you went on and uh, continued in different positions yeah just constantly um i was a wedding photographer for a while i did a bunch of freelance volunteer pro bono work for a while all while working at pierce transit and then i had some family things that happened that um, caused me to move home and help take care of things. And home is on the Oregon coast. So I worked for a small agency there um, and then focused primarily on my husband's ceramic business. And then once my family stuff winded down and we were in a position to move back up here, uh, started applying for jobs. Actually, we opened it up. So from the I-5 corridor from Bellingham to Portland, we knew we wanted to stay in the Pacific Northwest, but we kept all of our options open. So I just started sending resumes and job packets and trying to get a job. And thankfully, I did find one in Tacoma. We're, we're, the company's kind of all over the place, So, but the office I work at is, is in Tacoma. So it's good to be back. So you've been in the job market in a variety of different ways. Yeah. Um, what have been some of the things that you've learned from the beginning when you were searching for the Pierce Transit job to mm-hmm. this current job? So now, what, what has changed for you, do you think? Um, well, I've, I've grown up a lot, and I've grown as a designer. And I've been lucky enough to work in the public sector, the private sector, the freelance world, and now the nonprofit. And so I feel because I've had that experience that I know what I, I truly, where I belong and the kind of worker that I am. And trying to understand that when I was first getting a job and applying back right out of college, I just wanted a job. I mean, I was, I did not want to move home and live with my parents. So I was, I was trying and I, my net was so big. I think I applied to jobs in New York and Santa Fe and just kind of went all over the place. And thankfully I two champions that helped me get the courage to, you know, practice interview questions and be persistent because without, I don't think it's changed that much between 
applying for a job then and getting a job now in that it's all who you know. And it's really horrible that that's the way it is because I feel like the best candidate should get the job. But if you get that phone call that somebody knows somebody, your resume goes to the top of the pile. So at least they look at it more than they would if it was at the bottom. Uh, I did extensive interviews with both of those. So I think, yeah, that gets you the foot in the door, which is super helpful. But then you have to show your work. I don't know if you've had similar experiences, Chad. Um, Somewhat. I've actually gotten most of my jobs without any connections. Oh, that is awesome. Um, Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, because I got my first job right out of school. Well, I knew somebody. Okay, that's not really fair. <laughs> Liar. That's not really fair. <laughs> so I knew somebody that had graduated with me that had just gotten hired there. Okay. Um, so somebody and, was whispering something. Yeah, but I don't know if they were a part of my, me actually getting the interview. I think once they saw me in the office interviewing, then like that became like, oh, I know that person. Uh, type of thing mm-hmm. and then the job I got after that I actually got through LinkedIn oh um, nice and so that made me believe in the power of LinkedIn I would agree Just, with that yeah I don't know what your experiences have been well I didn't think anything of it until applying for this the job that I have now mm-hmm. I originally thought um, I even paid for the, the extra chart like the premium account because I wanted to get the notifications and I wanted to be able to write people emails but I had four interviews that were all through LinkedIn I had sent my application packet in there but you can actually now apply through LinkedIn to jobs um, and then it tells you if they actually opened the application and looked at it so that's kind of a oh, helpful wow. tool yeah. yeah yeah I know I didn't I didn't have any idea that happened until it actually worked but I would say it's just a matter of being persistent I think, and I'm not an annoying, I don't feel like I'm an annoying person. Maybe you two <laughs> don't <laughs> agree, but to, to constantly call and email and hound people that are trying to balance their busy days, because when I worked at Pierce Transit and we were interviewing folks, that interviewing process was on top of the regular duties of the day. And so to, to go through all the applications and all that stuff, so I try to keep that in mind as I'm sitting there writing the 100th email that day. But it's all, um, it, you just have to be persistent and you have to continue to not get discouraged because it is hard and you feel like, oh, whether it's big or small. I think the big corporations have automatic emails that kick back to you and they're like, eh, we're done with you. <laughs> but the medium to small, you may never hear from them again. So what did you do to... Uh to maintain your your uh, positive attitude, or what, what was it that you the word that you used? Persistence. 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 Yeah, I had to get a job, so that was kind of. I I just knew that I had to get one, and I was open to, and I was picky. Like I had a couple offers and interviews that the pay or the benefits or those things that are important to my family right now, um, and to me didn't fit so I I did kind of change my opinion I felt like I got to choose the kind of place I wanted to work at and so that helped me kind of continue to say the right one will come along it just is going to take time and I did we did have a backup plan like if all shit went to shit and we we had to be out by a certain time because we had no housing my mom sold her home um that we were 
renting, um, but everything aligned, and we, I got the job the same day she got the home. I mean, it was it was crazy how it all fell into place, but I relied on my people and the constant support that I got from them, and then just continued to reach out to random folks that I'd either, either met at PLU or had been connected at a networking event or um, somebody that knows somebody, hey, you work there. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Did you feel you were able to be as picky when you were first coming out of school as you were this no. time around? No, I don't think so um, because I felt I was just so eager to try out my skills. I was, I, and I was really hoping that I would get a job as a designer and not an intern or receptionist or something. Um, and I feel very lucky that I was able to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was f- like four interviews to get that job. Um, and this, the one that I just recently got was three. So I, I do feel like, you know, the, the farther you get in the process, the more hopeful it does get. So yeah, <laughs> like there's certain websites that you go to all the time that's the problem or like books that you reference as are there any certain ones that you find yourself going back to i i love steal like an artist linkedin actually just purchased i think it's lynda.com and it's all training really yeah that's everything from design related or not um Mm -hmm. so that's been a new exciting one. Look that's at your face. Your face is No, like that's glowing. interesting because, well, <laughs> Debbie Millman interviewed Linda, like oh. the Linda last season okay. on her podcast, and she kept talking about how there was, like, something big they were working oh, on. Oh, then, yeah. But it, she was very, like, anti-acquisition. Uh, so that's when you said LinkedIn. I was like, what? Yeah, that, that's why my face is like, oh, really? But she could have just been trying to, like, go the opposite direction. Not yeah. To, yeah. Just in case. Just yeah. in case. Yeah. 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 But anyways. Um, I'm trying to think of the company in Seattle that was just outstanding as far as Adobe training. And for the life of me, I can't remember the name. I want to say it was like light Luminous source. Works. Luminous. I knew it was with a light thing. Yeah. I have not been to their training recently, but... I went to almost every class they offered mm-hmm. during the PT days. So I definitely got something out of that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, how do you balance, like, the technical aspect of learning with maybe more, like, the theoretical or conceptual parts? Or does, does that I think in, yeah, in, I think in my day-to-day, I, d- I don't even have the time yeah. to even be, you know, and that's, that's one thing going into my, my new job is they appreciate the quick turnaround and mm. the, the a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is pretty commercial. Yeah. So I, I try in my personal work and then with my husband with his ceramic work, we, we try to go there and, and yeah. are able to conceptualize all those theories and colors and yeah. um but, produce something. Yeah, but I mean, just because you're doing it in your personal life and mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're not doing it. Though, it's right? true. And it's I probably think, more subconscious that I'm doing things. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that's an important thing to notice because oftentimes, like, we can't find 100% satisfaction in our work. Right. So we have to figure out, like, well, where, what, like, where do we get that elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that 
you're doing all these things uh, like on your free time right. and that you've been really good about it because you keep talking about, well, like, oh, I, I was doing these things in my job, but then I was also doing mm-hmm. these things on the side. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when do you yeah. sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a busy body, I think. Yeah. 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 And I, I really enjoy it. I think that's, it's a kind of a hunger that I have that I just feel there's so much out there to see and do and learn from so many different types of things. And that's what keeps me going because if you're doing you know timetables which are not the most exciting thing to do (laughs) there I needed that balance of something more inspiring so but then you go to something I don't know if Tufty does I haven't looked up have you been to a Tufty conference not since I I did go to one yes Mm -hmm. but not in a very long time Yeah. yeah but I've gone back to his on multiple occasions his books um just because so much of many of the parts of my job have been so much information design and everybody loves PowerPoints or Prezi's or, you know, all those presentation software that people use and to, to try to simplify those graphics and help them, help them communicate better is always a huge part of a lot of the work that I, I do. I've always wanted to go, never been. We can't kind of, tell you. It's kind of a rite of passage. We just can't tell you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like it getting the gold card from Starbucks. Like you just don't know how good it is until you get it. But it's good. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. He just has a way to capture an entire room. But there's a new component to it. It's a just a day or a half day long conference lecture. And it's him plus two other people. Oh, wow. That was really fascinating. And that's where I had met uh, Maria Portpova who has the brain pickings website that's just awesome and I want to follow it and do everything she does. Mm. Maria, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Redacted. Yeah. Um, how, how did you, I mean, you mentioned connecting with people through POU, but mm-hmm. all the other students, how did you connect with them? Um, w- or how do they connect with you? Or yeah, one of the projects that we did that is no longer um, was it's called Standout Prom, and it was mm-hmm. mentoring a you know high school girl that has a, a dream to be in the arts in college and pursue a creative career. So we tried to bring on interns to help with the load, and a couple of them just through Facebook and social media thought, "Oh, that looks so awesome! I want to be involved." So they came. There was two of them, and they came on board. Um, and then other ones, just, I think word of mouth, just people recommending or they know somebody that knows somebody or, um, it's interesting going to all these shows for my husband's pottery. They, you meet a variety of different types of people at craft fairs and Mm -hmm. sometimes they linger in your booth and you just sit there and strike up a conversation and they have a daughter or they, you know, things like that. So, um, I, I grew up in customer service, so I think I've people always just enjoy talking and they just want to be heard so and they are always interested in somebody still is doing pottery like you're here (laughs) what (laughs) um so that's how but I think that's that's an interesting thing because I think that was one thing I didn't really get over until I went Mm. to grad school and uh, I consciously did it was Mm -hmm. to actually reach out to people that I didn't know yeah 
and not be afraid of it because mm-hmm. most people are actually really open and receptive. Yeah. And otherwise you just probably won't hear anything back. Right. And what's the risk in that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. When I was looking for a job um, this last spring, I reached out to one of my colleagues and just was asking her for advice and insight and if she had any tips. And one thing that she said that she had done was to ask for informational interviews because there's no pressure. People just want to talk and they'd love to tell you about their job. Yeah. Um, And if there's no interview on the line, whether you hire or not, then at least you put the face to the person and that's one more connection that you have if you do apply to a job there. So. And those are even easier when you're a student. Yes. When you're not a student, I know. it's a little harder. Yeah. So you got to, yeah. like, I feel like and milking I feel like the older the I get, the more maybe it's not yeah. so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two of them are looking at me as if the old person in the room. <laughs> How do you feel about you. getting informational interviews, yeah, JP? About giving them or getting them? Getting them. I can't remember the last time I had an informational interview. Oh. The closest would be, you know, as in my role as a faculty member is um, scholarships, as doing scholarships. Yeah. I like the idea um, of having students go out and do informational interviews. We've talked about that quite a bit and joining things like mm-hmm. AIGA, you know, get networking. Yeah. Networking is, is And the, honestly, pulling that student card will get you through so many doors. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's one thing that I wish I had taken advantage of when I was a student. If I could have just been that annoying student to say, hi, I want to learn more. I'm, I'm pretty outgoing, but I think I was, I just didn't want to bother people. So almost too. And w- was it that you were embarrassed or was it that you I think I was just shy. Shy? I yeah. was just, didn't want to bother them, thought they would be annoyed with me. So I'll just, I'll just not, you know. Yeah. I think that's a, that's not uncommon for Mm -hmm. anyone at your age at the time right when you're all coming out of school even i was i don't really want to or i've got this other thing you know making an excuse so that way there's a reason why i can't do it Mm -hmm. as opposed to just going out there and saying hey hi here i am yeah welcome shaking your hand giving you this requesting asking politely Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, knowing your manners is key yeah (laughs) And, and I think for me is the more the more I did that, the easier it got to, because I always used to have a lot of anxiety about like, well, when I show up, when I show up to Pierce Transit to talk to Rebecca, like, what do I say? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like I don't know anything. I don't really know what she does. Mm-hmm. But then you just start asking questions, right? And it all works out, and pretty soon you're just having a normal conversation. Yeah. And that's what everything is, and right? That's how the world turns. It's true. But it took me a while to realize that. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca, do you have any questions for us? Um, Or any topics that you want to talk about? Well, so Chad, what what do you, now that you've been at grad school, Uh uh (laughs) Uh do you feel interviewing entering back into the job world is something that you're excited for or something that do you have do you have a job in mind that you definitely want and you'll only look at those results or are you um thinking i'm trying to figure out how to word this what 
it is. Yeah, it's to like say. how how do I plan on reentering? Yeah, the job yeah, market exactly. After going back to school. Yeah, maybe you should just ask yourself the question. <laughs> Chad, how do you feel about entering reentering the job market after yeah. going back to school? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I think it'll be challenging for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. So when you when you talk about like, do I have a job in mind that's, like, the ideal job that I want to do? Yeah. Uh, like, I think I do. And, but uh, I went for trying to get an internship at those places doing that kind of work this summer. Mm-hmm. And I aimed really, really high. And uh, I shot, I aimed for the stars and uh, never left Earth. <laughs> 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 I think it's a good way to play. But, you know, like, no, but... Through that process, I talked to a lot of people. Yeah. I interviewed at some places I never even thought I'd get in the door at mm-hmm. and uh, didn't get really far. So I think that kind of re-leveled me out a little bit. Yeah. Which was good, mm-hmm. I think, uh, especially going into a second year because I'll have a different perspective when I go and do it like the, right. again. Right. But uh, it's I think it also kind of forced me to make my own internship this summer mm-hmm. which has also been a really interesting experience doing a number of things and i think it's you know as we were talking about before it's figuring out like well what are those things that you want to do in order to keep growing mm-hmm. um and so i've done a number of things you know it's doing this podcast with jp it's taking these opportunities that arose to travel yeah. uh that I probably won't get again for a long time. So I've done a ton of traveling this summer. And then also it's through the relationships I've built, I've still actually, when I've been home, maintaining and working and everything. But Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of once, you know, I graduate next year, am I nervous about entering the job market? I'd say yes. And I think Mm -hmm. part of it is we've read so much in school and it's been such different things than we read in undergrad that Mm -hmm. I think most of us feel that we can never, ever be satisfied with a real job ever again. (laughs) In a really depressing way. But (laughs) Nothing will give you the satisfaction. Yeah, or, you know, there's no job out there that we feel like we'll be so conscious of all of the good and the bad things about what we're doing that, like there was moments last year was like how am I going to live with myself for the rest of my life and it's really hard yeah. but uh, then again it's like well that like that's because I'm overly conscious about it right now right. and it'll wear off a little bit but yeah, yeah I, th- I think it'll be really hard but I definitely think I'll at least try to be picky I don't know yeah what's what's one thing you wish you would have known when you were in school that you know now or two things. Or maybe like maybe it was do you wish you would have had a different perspective or I think I think my perspective and I think all that was was spot on. I think I should have relaxed a little bit. Like I think I would have I was so I remember just crying in JP's office cuz he's like you don't have a portfolio and you're a senior. What are you going to do? And just having a total meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully that was the beginning of the year and not the end of the senior year. <laughs> but was that the right motivation for you? Yeah, I I think I work really well under fear. <laughs> Seems to drive a lot of things. So that works for me. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. 
I wish I would have taken advantage of um, the printmaking, you know, those more of the hands-on art classes. I didn't, I never took painting. I never, because I, I was in such a panic to graduate. And, and I know that all those things right now would have, you know, when you're trying to be creative and create a whole new, whether it's an invitation or something, being able to go back to those skills. I mean, thank goodness YouTube can teach you anything. (laughs) 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 But um, I think I I had to learn web design that summer after I graduated. JP and I did, I think, two or three websites. I can't remember. And just, you know, really honed in on everything I could possibly add to my portfolio to be able to get a job. And web design was still new. Like, it was still kind of, I mean, HTML was a big deal. And now it's evolved into so many other things that, Mm -hmm. thank goodness I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to really, I don't call myself a web designer. Um, I think that I work better with a web designer and give him ideas and and things that they can take and and change. But, um, I mean, social media, Facebook had just come out. I mean, I'm old now. (laughs) I had a birthday yesterday, so I'm feeling old. (laughs) But I I think that's interesting that looking back on your education, Mm because I know as students sometimes we're hyper-focusing, hyper-focused on learning what the current thing is, what the current tools are, so we can be uh, as marketable as can be walking into school. But not. I think oftentimes we undervalue learning those analog things that informed the digital world in so many ways you don't even realize until you've learned them that can make you transcend the digital world Mm -hmm. and learning all of those things so much faster because you understand the foundations. Yep, exactly. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even going to print houses and understanding how the press works and all those things that I learned on the job, on the job training, but not, not until then. And granted, JP was just building the program, so it's not like he could make everything for me happen. I mean, come on. (laughs) JP, we're looking at you with eyes of severe disappointment right now. That's true. Get in line. Get in line. Um, but I, I do, I do think it's really critical to have that really strong base of understanding with everything, how to, uh, how to do all the basic, you know, read, write, paint, draw. Mm-hmm. I never took a life drawing class. I wish I would have done that. You know? I, I don't think we even had a life drawing class when you uh, were in school. They did. It was a night oh, did class. They? Oh, okay. But I had a night shift, so... Nobody wants to take night classes. It's true. <laughs> Not when you live off campus. Yeah. Um, but they only offered it certain. I mean, it was very, it was pretty limiting with how to get there. And I, you know, I came to PLU because I wanted to travel. And I definitely did that. And I got an incredible education. But I also feel like there are so many other things that I should have allowed myself to do. And that was just self-imposed. I need structure. I need to do these, these, these. Instead of saying, "Oh, I probably should, I should take that. That would benefit me in a long, in the long run." Mm-hmm. But so, relax. Yeah, chill out. 
you know how much how much anxiety that gives me just to say or hear you say <laughs> yeah grad school's different i don't even know <laughs> yeah. the thought of going back to school freaks me out yeah well i think that's interesting because i often look back at my education and i think there's some times where i'm like yeah i wish i would have chilled out but there's also times where i'm like man i wish i would have been more intense yeah <laughs> <laughs> and coming from you that's very hard to imagine mm-hmm. <laughs> just like oh man there's all those things i didn't do I should have been more focused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember, uh, I think it was your senior year, the beginning of your senior year, I tried to convince you to drop crew yeah. in order to focus on something else. And you're like, I'm too I'm too into it. I can't, I can't, <laughs> you can't do it. You can't let go. And I'm like, well. You know, I did let go for a week. A week. A week. I lasted a week. And you know what that makes you? week (laughs) (laughs) high five everyone high five high five all right oh jp it makes me a (laughs) non-quitter that's very true and i appreciate that more than being he took a mini sabbatical yes we call it phobaticals that's a good one yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) are you thinking about what's next i i think getting this this job um definitely has me thinking about what's next it makes me consider um what i ever teach which i don't i don't know (laughs) um jp's like yikes uh would i ever go into art directing Mm -hmm. would this role that i'm in it's a senior designer position so has potential to actually have people work under me which is a little daunting because you're responsible for Having people work under you and those expectations. Sometimes it's nice to just be told what to do instead of having to have that responsibility. Yeah. Um, but it, it has me kind of thinking, you know, 10 years, 15 years, where, where do I want to be? What do, what do we want to be doing? Um, you know, I, I run my husband's, the business side of the pottery. So thinking about where he could, if he starts to go into teaching, what that looks like. Um, but for now, I'm just excited to be in this role and to keep learning. And um, when I s- first started my job, the, f- the very first job at Pierce Transit, they were still on freehand. So I had to teach myself freehand in like two days and slam out a bunch of projects. So I'm, I'm really thankful that I still have that's all gone away. And it's it's still Adobe when I walk into that. Because <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was really hard. Um, and I think that, that kind of kept with the constantly you need to learn you stay up on industry trends you need to know the ins and outs of all the programs that you can Mm -hmm. um so not that i do right now but i i hope to learn some more Mm -hmm. um in my spare time (laughs) rebecca thanks for being on the show with us today i hope Um, i was helpful as always it's fantastic seeing you and hearing your voice and well, actually seeing you in person, <laughs> but for everyone else. Thank you very much. See you next time. This is Design School is recorded at the KPLU Studios. For additional information about each episode, visit thisisdesign.school. The intro music for This is Design School is Electronic Nostalgic, composed by Paul Tyen and published under the Creative Commons on SoundCloud. We'd love to hear what you like, what you don't like, and what you want to hear on the show. 
join us on Twitter at JP Avila and at Chad P. Hall. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And share us with your designer friends. Bye for now. Bye.